go. You're listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this September the 2nd in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with Wes Reimnitz, we're going to be taking a look at a subject today. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting one that Wes found. The Harvard School has a set of chaplains, and they're a professional community of more than 30. They represent many of the world's religious, spiritual, and ethical traditions, and they supposedly share a collective commitment to serving the spiritual needs of the students, faculty, and staff of Harvard University. And Pastor Reimnitz is now going to tell us what happened at Harvard recently. Hi, Pastor well, Reimnitz. Hi, how are you? Good. Can I start from the very beginning? No, that that was about six years ago we talked. <laughs> just just talk about that. Harvard. Harvard itself. Yes. Well, it, it's as a preface to what we're going to talk about. It, it's it's something to remember that Harvard was founded in 1636 as a new college to train pastors. It was originally set up to with uh, 14,000 Puritans in Massachusetts at that time, that they wanted a college to for uh, pastors to come and serve the, the community. And of course it changed into Harvard University. And you fast forward to 2021, the Harvard chaplains elected an atheist as their new president. An atheist? An atheist. As their chaplain? As their chaplain. (laughs) Now, what sense does that make? (laughs) Well, they unanimously agree that he he has a way of keeping the lines of communication open between the the faiths. So, as you pointed out, you were kind of reading a little bit of their mission statement. You know, where they, they kind of come together and do a group hug. Yeah, that's for sure. And this mission statement would never have been written when Harvard was first founded. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, mission statements were, were something that, you know, when I was in district work, uh, congregational life uh, would help congregations rewrite or update their mission statements and their constitutions, which centered on, on the, the uh, life, death, and resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. So 1636, it would have been about sharing the good news. Yes, about Jesus Christ. Right. Nowhere is Jesus mentioned in their statement of mission. Yeah, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I mean, look at it, and it's about how we all get along with with one another. Yeah, there are some things in the statement of mission that really need further instruction for our listeners. It's kind of just 
doesn't make any sense at all. For example, the first item is to create and support a rich diversity of caring communities in which students, faculty, and staff can explore and nurture their deepest convictions and engage in honest and respectful conversation around questions of ultimate meaning, purpose, and value. Now, how can you have respectful conversations, say, between, and these are individuals who are members of Harvard, say, between a, a Mormon or a Muslim, a Hindu, uh, a Jew, and a Protestant or Roman Catholic? How can you have respectful conversations? <laughs> You can't because their 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 starting points are all different starting points or what we call foundational uh, for their belief systems are are all different. Uh, or as we've we've often shown that uh, you can draw a line down the center of a, of a page, and on one side you put man, and the other side you put God, and and the majority of those that you talked about or listed were man's religion, something that their starting point is their own thinking, whereas uh, the God religion is not. And this is what is so interesting, that it was unanimous. In fact, the Christian chaplains went along with this. Yes, there are a lot of so-called Christian pastors today who think that there's many ways to God and we need to respect what other people say is the way to God. And that means we tolerate their point of view and we would never try to convince them otherwise because that would be inappropriate. Well, you know, uh, one of the chaplains is a Elka pastor and we've we went and did the one on the convention where they invited all these various false religion on on the uh, stage and said they're their brothers and sisters in the spiritual life of people. Now, the statement of mission is trying to be a model for us to follow. And here's what they say. We're a model for the wider community, how people who may come from profoundly different religious and philosophical perspectives can live cooperatively in community and appreciate and learn from each other's differences. Now, let's just be clear about this. There's no doubt that, for example, the Elka pastor would be for a homosexual behavior gay marriage, etc. How do we cooperate with that and appreciate and learn from each other's differences? You don't. Well, how about the Muslim and the Quran that Christians are infidels worthy of death? Yes. And it says, I've got a chart here about the student population 2.5% of the students are Muslim. And so 
were to appreciate what they're saying? I mean, how can you appreciate that which is so contrary to the word of God? And it's kind of a way of looking at all of reality as the statement of mission continues. They are to seek and discover their true identities as persons and then discern how their gifts and talents may best serve the needs of the world. Now, let me ask you this. Is that law or gospel? That's, that's law. As you're reading it, it kind of reminds me because we identified some of the Muslim population at Harvard. You, what comes to mind is Af Afghanistan, where the Taliban have taken control over that. And they're systematically going out and putting to death uh, Afghans that uh, they they feel are in, in opposition to them or no longer needed. And according to these guys, we're to appreciate and learn from those differences. Boy. <laughs> it's, it's really indescribable. The further I was digging into this, I just could hardly believe it that this was going on. They are to collaborate also with other professionals at the university to encourage healthy practices, relationships, and ways of living that promote the overall intellectual, physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of the community and its members. Now, mm. if you're a Christian who understands that gay relationships, abortion, etc., no way encourage healthy relationships and emotional and spiritual well-being, then how are they going to be listening to you because you're not cooperating with their point of view? Well, Tom, you're coming from a, a Christ-centered uh, foundation. Right. None of this is going to going to really fit. What, what came to mind was Second uh, Timothy chapter four, where the time is coming when when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. That's what really kind of came to mind to me. Yeah, can you imagine the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, deciding that the next president that we have is not someone like Matt Harrison, who is a confessing Lutheran, but we would instead elect an atheist so that he could communicate better with us. <laughs> it's absurd, isn't it? It, it really is. In, in fact, might be an opportunity to take a look at how the different religions are set up. The uh, atheist students are over 16%. The agnostic is 21 and then there's an other, I don't know what that means, 12%. But just those three, you're talking about over 40% of the students are atheist, agnostic, or other. Now you used the $5 word agnostic. Uh, explain that a little bit further for some of our listeners. 
An agnostic is someone who isn't sure that there is a God. And therefore, they don't want to say there is no God. We, we've got a lot of nuns, and I mean N-O-N-E-S, young people who are leaving the church, and they're becoming atheists because they cannot understand how a loving and almighty God can permit suffering. An agnostic isn't yet at that point. They may have that question, but they're not still sure there is any God. And so yeah. when you attend someone like a place like Harvard, you're being taught evolution, for example, that it really wasn't God who created the world in six 24-hour days, but it took millions and millions of years from a great bang theory that the universe was constructed and everything actually evolved. I mean, we got lizards that evolved into monkeys that evolved into human beings. And so some people would say, well, that's how God did it, which is a complete contradiction of Holy Scripture because sin didn't yeah. come into the world till Adam and Eve, uh, death didn't come into the world till Adam and Eve had sinned. And of course, in their view, there was billions of deaths prior to Adam and Eve. Well said, and that brings to mind Psalms 14.1 that says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Or Hebrews chapter 3, every house is built by some man. He that builds all things is God. And it's placed into man's heart the, the natural knowledge of God that he, that he is there. But, boy, they're, they're lying to themselves, so to speak. Yes, a recent reading from the Scriptures was talking about that this is how God looks at it. You have the potter and you have the clay, and the mm -hmm. clay is saying, I made myself, you did not make me, and you have no understanding. And that's precisely what these Harvard so-called professional chaplains are saying, along mm -hmm. with Elka. Well, also, in essence, is saying the blind is leading the blind. And again, we're, we're back back to 17% uh, are Protestants, 17% are, are Catholic. And, and I can't imagine the, these Christian pastors coming in and saying it's okay for us to have an atheist and say that there is no God from, from the pulpit. Well, I'm sure that the way you became a kind of chaplain at Harvard is that you were called there and then you accepted the call. Well, they're going to make sure they're not calling anybody who is a believer. They're mm. going to be calling people who are themselves basically agnostic, not knowing who God is. And therefore, what is so sad, although 34% are Christian, you mentioned 17% Protestant, 17% Roman Catholic. We do know that many Roman Catholics and a lot of Protestants don't agree with the proper confessions of the Holy Bible. 
Yeah, and when I researched that a little bit, in both uh, categories, they had attended a uh, parochial school or a church school in their uh, formation, so that some of them went to uh, elementary schools and high schools that were like Roman Catholic, probably even some some Lutheran elementary schools as well. Yes. From their mission statement, they say that they want to raise up and encourage prophetic voices within the community who seek to promote the common good from a place of responsible religious or philosophical conviction. Now, notice how they put religion and philosophy in the same category. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That really brings into to mind Second Timothy again, chapter four. Yep. And they accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from every uh, turn away from every uh, listening to and the truth, and wander off into myths. Yes, from a um, Christian point of view, there's a distinction between religious and philosophical conviction. Religious is dealing with God's word. This is how he explains it. Philosophy, if you divide that word up, it comes from two Greek words, phileo and sophia, which means love of knowledge. And what knowledge are they talking about there? Mm, their own knowledge. The exactly. Knowledge they, the man is the center of it. And, of course, uh, this guy that's been elected as the chaplain, that's the atheist, he also calls himself a humanist, and, and it's all about how we as humans get along together. Yeah, there's just no doubt that their statement of mission is, first of all, to get everyone to respect the other point of view. And I've never understood that. I, I don't respect religious views that are contrary to God's word, because then you're saying that you no longer respect God. If God says one thing and these so-called chaplains say something else, then obviously somebody is wrong, either the chaplains or God. And I'll put my betting side on God. Right, and that's why when when I found that article and I sent it to you, I did dug a little bit deeper and said, "There's got to be more to this than just they they uh, unanimously elected him as as chaplain." And that was, of course, their mission statement. Their mission statement it takes them off into any foundation that that uh, they would agree in terms of a humanist versus what God has to say. That, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, humanism is, of course, man's thinking. And according to the scripture, Romans 7, that's the old Adam. And you want to think according to the old Adam? That's thinking according to sin. I take it from the way you're talking, you're very much against this atheist being a chaplain. Well, let's put it this way. It's just ridiculous that they can even consider the word chaplain, 
which is one who holds to a religious point of view, and then he's an atheist. He doesn't hold that there is even a God. And in fact, they made a statement that it wasn't necessary to believe in God to figure things out. Right. You know, because we, we as humans get together and and can make our own uh, uh, decisions. We, we are each other's answers, is what he says. Yes. And that's what he's supposed to be good at. Well, I, I just can't understand how one religious group, for example, let's say there are some students there who are against abortion. What's a chaplain mm-hmm. going to say to get them to respect those other religious point of views that are for abortion? That, that is uh, quite interesting to see how he would do that. Because all they, all they talk about is, is the demographics of Christians becoming less uh, of a problem and the rise of the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, and nothing about uh, this abortion thing. Which, by the way, many of the states are coming out with restrictions on when abortion should happen. They're slowly shutting down these clinics all over the country. Yeah, that's an excellent point of view. And hopefully it will continue, maybe to the point where the Supreme Court will reverse its ridiculous opinion that according to the Constitution, we are allowed to kill human beings in the womb. I mean, that's unbelievable that that happened. Yeah, and, it, and as you say, it'd be interesting to see how these chaplains look at such a thing. I looked at, uh, listened to a little bit off of, off of their website, of their chaplain's address, and their prayers were just off to some light out above, and we we all gather at this light and find hope and peace. And but it never says who the light is, what the light has done. But it's some light out there. Well, that goes with that statement of mission. They are to provide pastoral support and guidance to members of the university, both in times of crisis and of celebration. Now, how does an atheist provide pastoral support? That doesn't make any sense. Well, I think it goes back to what we said earlier, is the mission statement. What's your foundation? Is your foundation a humanist, a human foundation, or is it a God-centered foundation, which uh, is going to be your, your expectation? So now the word pastor is going to include even an atheist who who is head of the chaplains. And we already have women calling themselves pastors, which is an abomination before Almighty God. And we would encourage any of our listeners who are attending a church where they have women pastors, you are not hearing the word of God properly. And the more you attend that church, the further you will be getting away from God's true word. And so it's really something that this is how we have conversation with other groups, pointing out 
the differences we have, and we always need to do it on the basis of scripture. Like 10% of the students are Jewish. If I was talking to one of them, they're not really familiar hardly at all with the New Testament. And so you could use New Testament verses that help explain the Old Testament verses in order that there is a light, as you mentioned, and that light is none other than Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's, it's almost, we're almost at a point of uh, Paul on Mars Hill of the unknown God, are we not? Yes, that's especially for the agnostic, agnostic. They say, we don't know who the God is, but all these Protestants hopefully should know, and Roman Catholics, because they are followers of the Bible, except so many of them are disagreeing with their own church on biblical items. It's a, it's a <laughs> reminder of the open fields that we've got there to, to witness and the difference that it makes in how we instruct uh, our, our members of our churches, especially our, our children coming up through confirmation. Yes, that's a really good point to make because these children are now going to be attending public schools, and some of these public schools are being forced to teach contrary to the Bible in the area of morality. So the children need to have a good foundation from Luther's catechism as to what truth really is so that they will have a place in the classroom to help others understand God's point of view, which is a purpose of every worship service to help people understand how God thinks of these things rather than how man regards them. Well said. Oh. I, I can't think of anything better than to say that, that we teach him Christ crucified. Well, if you have any questions about this, I'm Tom Baker. This is Wes Reinitz. Tomorrow's Law and Gospel is an open mic, send me an email, and we'll attempt to answer those questions. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.